is episode 60 of Sound Pollution. I uh, really can't believe that I have made it all the way to episode 60. There was a time when I wasn't sure I'd even make it to 20, and this feels kind of nice, actually. This week, I got to interview the sweet, funny, and talented Funeral Mask. Funeral Mask is made up of four awesome musicians, two of which have visited here before, Steve, a.k.a. Stacking Pennies, and Rico. I am happy to have them back and meet the other two members of Funeral Mask. They are going to tell us all about how they got together, stories behind three of their tracks, why they run the band as a democracy, how they used the time during the pandemic to recreate the album that they just dropped, and a few laughs. I am also excited to announce that I have decided on a new co-host, the wonderful Brent. Remember Brent as an Uncle Brent from my first episode, and my second episode, and my 16th episode. Brent has been a great supporter of this podcast, and I have gone to him for advice on more than one occasion. This was his first time being on the other side of the interview, and I think he did a great job. Uh, Now, Brent will be focusing on his family for the second half of December, and the lovely sound animal will be stepping in as my co-host during that time. I want to thank the other folks who showed an interest in being a co-host on Sound Pollution. I appreciate you. I know that being on the side of the microphone can sometimes be daunting, and it took balls to even ask for more information on the gig. I especially want to thank Michael Moody, who is the only other one who took it to the next level and actually co-hosted an episode with me. Dude, you rock. And I hope that you will step in and co-host with me again as a guest just for funsies down the road. Also, side note, I'm going to interview the band that Michael is in, Kissing Aphrodite, in the very near future. I think that's all the updates I have for now. I want to welcome Funeral Mass to the show, and don't forget to click on those links. You know, it'd be cool if we start without Brent, and then when he... When we he shame, comes in, shame, we, we shame. No, no, it's his first time. You can't do that. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, that's how you get to initiate. Yeah. <laughs> Trial by fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and I was like, I'm usually five oh, minutes late. <gasps> there he is. All right. Uh, I don't know if Tom's going to make it for the that's podcast. Fine. Or maybe he'll make it in. He in, might make it, and we'll trial by fire him. He's cool with it. His mic's still off. There he is. Howdy. Hey. Yo. Yo. What up, man? What are y'all doing? Man, y'all guys have great looking hair. I'm so jealous. <laughs> you, got, you got great looking hair. Oh, is my he... back. I think he's <laughs> His is more set it and forget it, you know? <laughs> Steve was just talking about how he was starting to lose his hair. Oh, I'm no, first, it's, I'm first on that one. It's, it's, it's all but gone. Deserters mm. and not traitors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's how young thing works for a while until you're not dead yeah. you just are bald <laughs> you're just <laughs> old and sad only the good die young what does that make you man where it goes away it comes up in other places you know absolutely so. i cut hair for a living so i'm very familiar with uh mm. the bodily mutations of hair uh, the places you d- have you done any chest waxing no i don't have no. my esthetician uh license <laughs> i legally cannot touch anyone below the shoulders oh so no one's screaming out like, "What was that movie?" Forty-year-old version. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, I, 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 if I, if school didn't suck so much, I would go back for that because it does look like a tremendous amount of fun. Yeah. So names. I'm Steve. I'm Mikey. I'm Rico. Okay. And Tom is not here, as per usual. Not pictured as Tom. 
Uh, is he is he a real person or is he just someone y'all made up? Uh, he's probably more real than, than any of us. Unfortunately, he is very real. He's so real. He's very real. Might be the only real person in the band. <laughs> <laughs> so I am here with Uncle Brent as my co-host, and my, our guests are Funeral Mask. We've had I've had Rico on the show. I don't know how to not talk about it. I've had Stacking Pennies on the show. And that's all I'm going to say about it, except out you, except you should check out living paying audio. That's right. Right on. So tell, tell me and my listeners how you guys got together. Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it, a, I get that answer a lot. It's, it's deeper than that. Actually, there's the, the funniest way. So these guys, I, I joined, how long have you guys been playing before I joined? Two years. Yeah. Oh, about almost three they were together a while and Steve was just writing needlessly complicated guitar parts for himself that were made <laughs> much easier by a second guitar. Yeah. And, I, I've heard all about him and his pedal board. Yeah. Uh, boards, <laughs> plural, boards. Plural. Yeah. But it's, we're all actually from the Northeast and linked up out here in Colorado. And I, I knew Steve, we ran in like the same circle in Philadelphia. I met Mikey playing risk with a friend of ours who may or may not be a Swami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like the board game? Yeah. Like risk. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Not just even like not, risking, not the lifestyle. Risking at all. I, in um, a way, in a way, it was both. <laughs> in more abstract sense, it's the lifestyle. Whatever yeah, it takes uh, to make ends meet, I guess. I, I actually uh, put out like a Craigslist ad and I was hit up by this guy right here. And um, I met up with him and Tom who were playing guitar and bass probably like january 2019 i think right before yeah and we uh we were doing that for like a good year and we had the album that we released pretty much ready to go and we started recording it uh right before covid started and then uh everyone got a whole lot of time to reflect and um (laughs) after like most of 2020 we just decided to completely redo it and uh, start the album over so i met tom in 2018 on craigslist which was really cool and we I, I met with Tom. He's really he, active on there. He really Tom is. On, really active. I wonder what else he's up to. <laughs> Facebook gear swap. Yeah. The uh, dude is online. He is, man. So I met with Tom. Turned out to be a really good dude. And this other guy who we ended up ditching. And then uh, Mikey came on board. So that was the beginning was just me and Tom for like maybe a year until we find found Rico because it's hard to find a good drummer. Rico's a good drummer. Rico's a great drummer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. And, um, Mikey came out here after we did, and when he came out here, we brought him on board because um, he's a friend of mine from Philly, and he plays guitar. And he's pretty damn good. And then he came on right before COVID. We, I think, I think I joined in January of 2020, oh. and we had rehearsed for a solid like two months, and we're starting to book shows like for March of 2020. Yeah, and like we were ready to go, and. Which I'm sure is the story that is. <laughs> that not is the story small. everybody tells me. Yeah, Ren was... is over here like that was my life. That yeah. was my fucking life. <laughs> no, I totally get it, man. We had just released an album in the in the fall, and so we were ramping up for 2021. And right when all of our South by Southwest was hitting and all that stuff was starting to hit, and they shut down real quick, and then everyone had to get jobs, you know. So. We went to Craigslist. Which is like just that. as hard as rehearsing. That's insult to injury, honestly. <laughs> Job like, sucks. You can't play music and you have to work. Suck it. Ugh. 
the thing I've noticed about y'all guys when I've heard about y'all past interviews and even now, y'all guys are very complimentary of each other, which is can be unusual when you're in a band. I mean, y'all haven't, you know, y'all are still in the newlywed phase at this point, but we haven't had our first fight yet. Yeah, y'all are still really complimentary as far as each other's abilities and recognizing where everyone's skilled at. Thank um, you. Look, man, if 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 they sucked, we would have kicked them out. I, <laughs> I will say you, the first the first rehearsal I had, like I've I've always known Steve's a very proficient musician. We actually both went to the same art school. We of, dropped out of the same. We dropped school. out of the same art school. I remember the power. I remember after our first practice when Steve just invited me to come jam. I heard Rico playing 30 or 40 seconds into the first song. I was like, oh, hell no. This guy's way too good. I'm not, I, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. It was very, it was very intimidating. I, I think as musicians, I, I, y'all may be able to relate to this, but there's always, well, there's that one guy that is not insecure and that's the guy you eventually want to pummel to death. But most really good <laughs> musicians carry a small amount of insecurity with them, which makes them even better. Because they know, oh, I'm kicking ass right now. But five minutes from now, you know, like you were saying, I heard Rico for 30 seconds and I was, I was going, how am I going to keep up? Yeah, he's got the fastest feet west of the Mississippi. It's unreal. I hate people that aren't insecure. (laughs) (laughs) You can't trust them. So irritating. Yeah. (laughs) We're kind of strangers in a strange land out here a little bit. So I find a bunch of guys like from the East Coast. It's it's uncanny. Yeah, like everyone in Colorado that I've become friends with is from the Northeast. And it's not even planned that way. If I couldn't plan it that way, I would, but I don't. It was organic. Yeah, it is organic. It sounds like you imported them, Steve. Almost. Well, you know, if you're going to start a war, you're going to need an army, man. You can't have 10,000 soldiers without number one. <laughs> so why did you feel the need to redo the whole album? Was I mean, what was it about this, the reflection period that made you like, we got to do this different? All right. So in the beginning, I had stopped playing music for years. I like just completely dropped off the music thing for like a long time. And then I came back, decided I was going to play again. And uh, that's when I hooked up with Tom. I bought like, I bought a bass. I didn't have any guitars. And um, I didn't have like any recording, like engineering experience, except for some stuff I did in college. At the college, I didn't drop out of. So, <laughs> so like. Coward. <laughs> <laughs> Quitter. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I need to learn how to fucking record stuff. So I did. And the, the first funeral mass demo was literally just how do we do this? How do we figure out how to do it? I mean, there was like 60 tracks on one of the first demos. It was just entirely too much. It sounded so compressed. And I was like, like, well, shit, I need to redo this. And that's when I was like, I need to spend some time. The first Stacking Pennies album came out. And then I just kept working on it from there. And by the time we made it to like Funeral Mask Land, I was figuring out a little more proficient as an engineer and a mastering engineer now. So we should probably redo this and make it sound proper instead of just like some shitty demo. I think the difference You're- was during ability to, and, and I, I mean, obviously compounded by the fact that none of us had anything to do but sit in our house and listen to what we had done and pick it apart. Yeah, and your worst critic. <laughs> exactly. And not be able to be in practice and fix it. And I am glad that everything was redone because I think it sounds much better now. Totally. And without really having to spend too much more money as far as like professional recording or mixing and mastering like that. But yeah, definitely Steve, I think the Stacking Penny stuff really helped Steve because every he, he mixes, masters and records everything we do. It's insane. It's, help, it's helpful to have that. Yeah. It's I think cheaper too. Only, yeah, not only having a, a step away from funeral mass, but to have a separate project 
that also records differently because it's a much lighter sound. It isn't as bass heavy or as drum heavy. And taking that and then coming back to it, I think what we were left with was definitely the right stuff. And there's been a lot of other projects too. Like, you know, we had the Sarcophagus record, mm-hmm. the Draco solo project. There's been- uh, Check out Sarcophagus. Sarcophagus slaps yes. everyone in the room. Um, and then there's like, I got some like acoustic stuff coming from a buddy of mine I went to college with. Maybe Rico's other project. The Gamma Death Wave track too. Yeah, mm. Gamma Death Wave is, is pretty fucking cool. It's really um, like psych rocky, which has been really, it's a different take on. Ty Siegel with balls. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> but it's, it's fun because like the Funeral Mass stuff kind of speaks for itself in a way that you just really need like minimal stuff. And then, you know, the Gamma Death Wave project is, is so particular. It's pretty cool. What, um, what we're saying is we've had lots of practice over like the last mm-hmm. year with recording a bunch of different styles and, and by I the time we came back around to the funeral mask record again I, we've just had more experience doing it and we were like i bet we can make this way better than the first go yeah it's a, it's a half as much time and turned out twice as good really. yeah it's Certainly. really good it sounds every really track. good yeah it's really good the thing i wanted to ask is you said you started over recording did you change the songs or the tempos or because some of them you have you go into at least one you have a definite change in tempo. And so I was wondering, did that change a lot as you were coming back to the, back to your studio, I, your home studio, I guess. I think it changed like very little, actually. There was like one song that we cut the first half of um, and then just wrote a, another first half of the song um, after everything else was done. It stayed pretty much the same, at least what I was doing. We, some of the guitar work changed. A lot um, of the guitar, a lot of the guitar changed. work changed. <laughs> I was playing everything. All the guitar lines were, were getting played by my left hand, which was kind of cool, but also like not very clarified. And so when we were listening to the demos and before we brought Mikey on, I was like, dude, we got to do something to like really clean this up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it by myself because it just sounds muddy when you do everything by yourself. Even if you can do it, it's like not about like the technical level. It's about does it sound shitty or not? And if it does, bring another guy on. And then that's where Mikey came in. It was a lot of simplification, I think. It was like, there. let's let's take this time and li- how can we make this? I mean, it's not super complicated music, but for one guitar to be playing it, it's a headache. Yeah. And especially with Steve's pedal board setup and the way he uses it, like the dude spends half the time down on the pedal board. So it definitely, I think, needed someone to lighten the load, so to speak. So there were a few runs that we changed. We played around a lot with the tone. We brought in a few different amplifiers to see what we liked. In terms of like the song structure, not much changed, but in like the nitty gritty, yeah, we definitely played around with it. All of your songs had like some really cool textures to it. Some of the effects were like really dry. Some were like just soaking wet. I mean, I'm surprised it, the notes weren't sweating like Rico does when he really gets into his drumming. And I get, I get sweaty. Yeah. There's a track on there called Particles of Light, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I've had a hard time figuring out what the guitar lead should be on the back end of that. It was kind of like, okay, let's experiment a little bit. So I recorded three different lines. I wasn't really satisfied with any of them. It's like, what do we do about this? And then I just like let them all play at the same time. And that is what's on the album. It's just three completely unique guitar solos interwoven into one another. Once you compress it a little bit and like get it dialed in, it just like makes this weird swelling thing that I don't know that I could have recreated without just like, I don't know, like just relaxing. There's definitely more than just the pedal board going on. There's a lot of recording techniques in there that were used to make it sound bigger. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Because I mean, at the end of the day, it's two guitars. That's it. So the sound Steve was able to pull out of both like the actual recordings and through the pedal boards was pretty wild. I mean, I know when I recorded my guitar parts, I literally showed up, plugged in, and then Steve just did everything else as far as the settings and just got it to where he liked it. And I think it the album's better for it. That was all I was thinking about this record. Everybody showed up. Like Rico's fucking animal. He sits down. Doesn't we didn't play for like eight months. He just sits down, pumps the tracks out, one shot. I think we were done in like an hour and a half, and he left, and that was it. I hadn't seen him in like six months or something because COVID was. <laughs> You're like, well, I've missed you, buddy. Bye. Well, Mikey was the same way. Mikey never played with us more than a couple weeks, and then he just showed up, recorded everything, and just it was it, it, was, it didn't take an hour and a half. It was more like three days, but yeah, we just hit the ground running. Specifically on particles, I mean, the drums and bass part is like real groove. I could see why you'd be able to just lay something really cool over that. Because right when it came on, I was, oh, what's this? Let's see what's going on here. It's very intriguing. That's the super rad thing about Tom, too, is like I played I played in a few projects and I played with a few bassists and and most of the bassists I played with are just there to keep a rhythm and add some low end. And Tom is out front. What, let's write a song where the bass has to leave. Like there, it's just, it's really cool. Every other band I've ever been in, it's a guitar player playing bass yep. out of necessity. But Tom is actually a bassist and a musician, yeah. like a, yeah. a, a very Proper. proficient musician. Like that dude it knows a ton of theory. Just is really smart. He doesn't even need to practice. No, like, <laughs> no. We we could just do all of this shit and then just give him a week or two, and he's he, gonna have it all yeah. down. It doesn't even matter. And he played in like the Denver scene for ten years. Because this song I could see going a bunch of different directions just because of all the elements that you have going on in it. So are you thinking about pushing this to TV or movie or anything like that? Because I was just like listening. If anyone is listening, we like money. I will good. The crazy thing about that song is like we have like the, the big tempo change when it slows down real hard. And yeah. there wasn't like a clean break to stitch like two drum tracks together we just had this like eight or this four beat or eight beat window where we had I had to have two different clicks going in my head at the same time to like overlap into from the yeah because I think it lands like exactly like half tempo but to get to half tempo was not like it was like the hardest thing thing I ever did I fucking hated doing that part I dreaded it the whole time. I still dread no. to play it. Um, it's good. It's good. At 220, the half tempo hits. Because I like, I was listening to it and I was like, oh. And I wrote down 220, half time. Very we nice. experimented to see if it would like work as exactly half time of the existing tempo. And it just, we couldn't get it to work. So we just had to have like two clicks going in my head for like eight beats and then shut one of them off to go into the second one. It was a nightmare. I never want to do that again. <laughs> but so you're not going to be playing that cool. one live anytime soon. <laughs> well, now we kind of have to. I mean, we. we, don't, we don't.
got some shows booked. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we do have some shows books. Awesome. Um, so how many shows do you have booked so far for this uh, new album? I think three, three finalized right, right now. now. It's kind of tough. Just I, I know in Denver, at least, I know a couple of venue managers and, and guys, and, and because so many like established and professional bands were out of work for so long, they're getting a lot of priority. Yeah. on the shows that are popping up so like everybody these, in the world is touring everybody's right touring trying to play shows so we're we thought it was going to be like smooth sailing like everyone was trying to book and we actually had a, a bit of difficulty getting on we have a we have a show our first show that we have booked coming up is thursday december 9th i'm in fort collins colorado at surfside seven we're playing Friday, January 7th at the High Dive. That's going to be a banger. That's uh, in Denver. We're playing with Grief Ritual and one other band. That's going to be a hot show. I'm so sorry. I'm not remembering. It's Lost Relics. Lost Relics. Lost Relics. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. Good Denver bands. Yeah. Uh, we're playing Thursday, January 27th, also in Denver at HQ. Yeah. With the formerly Three Kings for yeah. anyone. South Broadway in Denver. South Broadway. It's like right across the street from the High Dive thing i was wondering about Good. your live shows is y'all have a bunch of production going on you know you were talking when you initially recorded you had like 60 guitar tracks or <laughs> something like that are you going to be able to parse it down for your live show because that's the kind of thing you know when we go in the studio you can think you know like grand spectrum but then when you're playing live you need it to be grand spectrum but you can't play all those parts because you only have you know Apparently, Steve, you have forearms, but most people don't have those. If you guys keep flattering, my head's going to just float off my shoulders. <laughs> Rico will stab you, so, you know, he doesn't like people, doesn't like people with before. big heads. He removes them. Have you started so, talking about how to parse it down so you so can? We did. So when we when we redid the album, the, the demo, when we did it, it was just like complete experimentation. We had structure and form and good songs written. At the end of the day, playing is kind of the easy part, right? But... The engineering aspect is very difficult uh, if you don't know what you're doing. So for this, when we redid everything, we intentionally scaled everything down okay. um, so that it, it could be all covered by the live performance. I think there's only two parts in the whole set where we're really lacking any additional parts. Six more guitars we could probably use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's more of, more of a scheduling issue than anything. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get people in a room, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> help is so hard to find no i think yeah i think we definitely with the like Steve said with the exception of a few of a very few parts it is scaled and, and we're definitely ready to bring it to the stage and you know some of that is picked up in simplifying the guitar parts some of that is picked up in spending money on your pedal board some of that you know is just picked up by practicing and figuring out how to spell space awesome see so y'all are ready to go just yeah, about, yeah. We, we've been ready been ready are you for, excited yeah we're pretty pumped are you? i don't know what this uh i've never been to this surfside place I'm told it's too small for my 100-watt amplifiers, so that'll be fun. But we figure if we put the pyrotechnics in the crowd, it'll keep things spicy. We're going we're gonna, to, it's going to be a crowd participation thing. Everyone gets a, a, a you know, firework when they walk in. Just play on top of the amp. Here's a sparkler and your lighter. Go, go have fun. The other thing I was going to ask is when you have your stage show, do you have anything like specifically built for your show? Because you're going to be sharing the stage with a few other bands, so... You know, how are you bringing your like, do you have any stage props or anything you're going to bring at this point to highlight? You know, like, do you have Rico yeah, on a 12 foot riser? Ideally, the bungee someone's got to carry that, that man. Come on. <laughs> up in the crowd, like, yeah, fun the stage. Yeah, the, the, the tempo in metal lately has been very laid back and that's all cool. And like, I like sleep and I like Matt Pike. But I don't smoke that much weed, and I do. <laughs> I, I kind of just want to like get a little. The other two are like I do. 
I, uh, I actually saw a stand-up comedian once perform from the green room <laughs> where oh, he just took the microphone and sat in the green room and did his act. And, you know, if we could find a way like a long range wireless setup where I wouldn't even have to leave the house, I would, that would be really be it for me. Yeah. I was in a band that, that built like fucking boxes out of like boards and painted them black and then carried those around so they could step on them on stage. And I thought that was the dumbest shit ever. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's how you fall shit. off of something in front of an audience. It is, yeah. It would be cool to like just like drape like a, like a bunch of sheets in front of the stage. It was just like a silhouette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked about that. I still that, like that, that a, idea for the record. Is that a fire hazard? It is pyrotechnics in the crowd. It's not. You <laughs> just play <laughs> shitty venues that the health department neglects. Let's talk about another song. Let's talk about Tightrope. It's Rico's song. Rico showed up with a 7-4 drum. No, tight, wait, it's Tightrope? Yeah, that's yeah. Tightrope, bro. Okay, yeah. See, we just named these songs. They've been 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, yeah. and 7 to us forever. We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know the names of our songs. Yeah. We're working on three. Tightrope is fun as fuck to play on my end. I don't know about you guys. I just had a drum fill that I was playing, and then uh, we threw some bass behind it, and we're like, all right, we can start the song like this. Dude, that was another one where then, Tom um, really showed up. Yeah, Tom really showed up for that one. I like playing that song early in the set because it's hard. Tom's <laughs> lyrics are cool in that one too. It's his lyrics are about some of the tragedies that happened in the Second World War when they were testing the nuclear bomb, which is kind of a, a crazy thing. And like we didn't have lyrics until like very recently. Yeah, I was gonna I, say a lot of your tracks don't have lyrics at all, or they're very downplayed. Yeah, it's by design. Um, if it, if we felt like it needed lyrics, it got lyrics, and if it felt like it didn't need lyrics. It didn't pretty, get lyrics. Pretty much since this band has started, we've never really said this is what we want it to sound like or like we're a this kind of band. You know, it's really just has been like a very like, I don't know, democratic process of ideas of just, hey, this is an idea that I have. And we're like, cool. Um, I think we've only ever shot down like one or two ideas ever. But um, and then we kind of just piece stuff together and just see if it works. You know, we never were like, we're going to be a metal band or we're going to be ambient or this is the slow song. Like it just, it really was just like, Hey, I have this part. I think it would go with that. And that's kind of just how a lot of these songs came together. Yeah. That's the important part too, is funeral mask is a democracy 100% of the time. And so it gets voted in or voted out. So on the tightrope, it has the double bass, right? At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then when the vocals came in, I was like, that sounds a little bit like Pink Floyd-ish. I don't know if y'all like Pink Floyd or not. I love Pink Floyd, But I was like, this song is a lot like a Pink Floyd song. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Sid Barrett only? Sid Barrett only. What about fucking metal? What about... Come on, bro. Are Are you kidding me? What an idiot. Answer. I've always wanted to be in a band that someone sounded like Pink Floyd, so... Uh, well, that, that song cool. sounds like cool. Pink Floyd. I think y'all are very diverse as far as your actual sounds. And I like the end with all the different, I was like listening to all the different guitar parts at the end. And I was like, these are a bunch of different textures, which I guess y'all do a lot of because thinking back to the other songs, I was always caught off guard by the amount of different sounds y'all had going on as far as the guitars and stuff like that. So that was a real cool song.
uh, throughout the album, you don't have a lot of uh, vocals and almost all your songs are over five minutes. Did y'all plan that or were you like, it, it wasn't intentional. That's uh, the reefer. We just lose track of time. Yeah, we, we play. <laughs> I don't really smoke weed. So which not is mind blowing. <laughs> Steve just writes these long winded riffs. And then he's like, all right, we're going to do this part four times. Then we're going to do this part four times. And then we're going to repeat that a second time. And then at the end of that, it's already five minutes. Yeah. And then we're like, fuck, we got to end this song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Throw everything down and just walk off. Well, look, I like, man, we're not in it to please anybody, you know, and if anybody doesn't like to listen to five minute songs, then they don't have to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was talking with, uh, you know, earlier and I was like, man, most of their songs over five minutes. I guarantee yeah. they're not looking for radio play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, nah dude. Nah. This is not radio. Now songs are like two minutes and they're done. And I'm like, that's not even a song. Well, I feel like that's what you're just like, you want to write verse, chorus, verse bridge chorus done that's like, boring and that, that yeah like we've heard that so many times it's been done so many times by so, like and made some great songs but i just mm-hmm. don't think that that's i don't know i find myself in musical ruts pretty often and i like more often than not i would say in the last few years i've gone back to like rediscover old bands and that's not to say there's no good music coming out right now i just think that like I haven't heard anything recently that's been, and not to say that we are, I'm just saying I haven't heard anything specifically where I'm like, whoa, that is super new and different. I've never heard that before. So I think that's at least my approach to the guitar playing is like, I just don't want to play the stuff I've already heard. If you live by the trend, you die by the trend. Damn right. Yeah. I don't like the short song trend because I think, you know, two minutes, you're just, unless you're, unless you're like a power violence band, yeah, if like you're trash punk, talk, then yeah, that totally like, works. And that's like fucking sick. Or something, yeah, like that's awesome. And that's how you get mad that. plays on Spotify because your songs are 15 seconds long. Which is always, yeah. That <laughs> we really was, fucked ourselves there. Man. <laughs> we really did. We were actually, we were looking at Spotify metrics this morning. Steve sent them to the group chat and there were like a ton of partial listens on it. <laughs> and I was like, well, there's 30 seconds of feedback at the end of pretty much every song. So I don't blame anybody for skipping through. <laughs> You know what? Y'all guys got 94 followers on Spotify, though. That's nothing to spit at, really? though. Really? I think I you do. That. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. I mean, I think so. 94, I think. I'm one of them. Well, of course you are. There's 10 here. <laughs> no, there's, there's more there. You have, at least in my stats, I went and looked in, at y'all's stats, and y'all guys look good. I mean, it's going to be a build like anything is, but y'all guys are looking good. We, we did notice a, uh, did you figure out what that was from? We had like a bump today of like. Spotify takes like a day to kick in too. So maybe okay. like a yeah, it's a day like, behind. We, we this morning was like 50 listeners. I'm like, who the fuck? I don't even know 50. People. I don't know 50 people. I, <laughs> I, I have like four friends now. I remember when I, I remember when I like, I, I put on Instagram when the album came out. It was like, hey, my band put out an album. Check it out. And I got like 10 responses that were like, you're in a band? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not the best self-promoter. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, at least they didn't go, who are you and why are you sending me this? No, y'all guys are looking good. It sounds good. It looks good. It looks like you're getting some spins or yeah, plays. Really I mean, nice. that's that's good. You got shows going. That's good. Last I got night. stuff going. I only took When's four the years? next album coming? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, do you bring on the pandemics? Yeah, yeah we right? Just, we just need another plague. Maybe the Delta variant will help us along in our writing process for the second album. I hope so. Shout out Delta variant. <laughs> <laughs> That's twisted. This podcast brought to you by Global Sorrow. <laughs> Tom, Tom actually just joined us in the room. So, hello, Tom. Oh, hey, guys. Hi, Tom. Hey, hey Tom. Tom. How you doing, Tom? Did you get the PSA? Somebody's, somebody's throwing their voice. That isn't Tom. 
Yeah, I told you. I, I promise you, Tom is very real, as we said before. No, we have a big, <laughs> handsome bassist. I told you. Yeah. All right. He's real. He's so big, you can't be on the screen? Well, it's a tiny couch. It's a tiny couch, yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Can Tom come in for, like, just a second so we yeah, know what he yeah, looks yeah. like? Get over here, Tom. Come on, Tom. Tom. Get over here, Tom. You little rascal. Get over here. Get on somebody's lap. There he is. So yeah, we, we look like a saves the day album cover now. Posing. So let's talk about Time Lost, which um, I believe Brent said was his favorite one. Yeah, that was a cool one. Nice. Thanks, man. That's the first one. Right? That's the first one. Yeah. That's yeah. number one. <laughs> number one. That's how you start off. What was the influences on that song? Who kind of started it and then who took over? Or was this just a. Another that thing was, Steve just did and told y'all to come along or that was the first riff that me and Tom worked on, like when the band first started way, way back. That was actually the, the first track. And it was really, I don't know. I was watching that documentary about Burzum. <laughs> it's fucking rad if you haven't seen it. Dude, don't read a death metal or like black no, metal. Don't it's even serious. get me started, Steve. It's so good. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not that hard to go to jail for burning a church when your jails look like fucking Ikea rooms. <laughs> So I did 13 years. You got to do some research the max before you, you can do. <laughs> you got to do a little research before you pick your favorite Norwegian black metal band, though. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. A lot of, uh, pretty greasy a lot really of Latter-day yeah. Sins that I, you don't want to be associated I heard they, with. Them. I heard they let him out of the cage. And then for like halfway through his, his term, for lack of a better word. And then they found out <laughs> it was with like, you know, like a, a whiskey barrel full of grenades targeting the next church or something. Which is objectively rad. but. Yeah, also frowned upon by polite society. Wildly entertaining. <laughs> Again, that's Burzum, not us. Yeah, pretty much Steve was just like, I came to, I met these dudes, and then Steve was like, I have these riffs on the song I'm working on, and it was that song. That was the song I first heard when Steve asked me to uh, jam with these guys, and I came into this thinking it was going to be a straight-up black metal band. And I was like, all right, that's sick. No, you know, I, was, I haven't heard that in a while. And... uh then it got like the second track we played was like a little thrashier. And I was like, okay, we're going a different direction. And then it got like straight up shoegaze by the third one. And I was like, all right, full spectrum. This is, this is nice. That's kind of funny because I was looking at your tags of how you tag your music and you have like 35 different. And I was like, how are they going to work all this in? And then I started listening to the music and I was like, oh, okay. So they're picking and choosing and mixing here. Very much, very when, much so. When, when, when before we had this album recorded and I was telling people about this band, they would be like, oh, cool, what do you sound like? And I'd be like, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's still you. hard to describe. You have yeah. your own sound for sure. And it just yeah. happened. I think, which I think is cool. You know, and back to the like, again, I don't want to be the guy who's like, my band is new and different. doesn't sound like anything else. So we're the best. But yeah. like, <laughs> it, uh, it definitely is stuff that I, I, like if I had come to this not knowing how to play these songs and never hearing these songs, I definitely wouldn't be able to just pinpoint where the song is about to go. I guess yeah. that's what happens when you don't say like, we're going to be a metal band or we're going to be a hardcore band. And you just like accept four different people's influences. So I have a question for Tom. Who are your vocal influences as far as when you choose to lay down some vocals? Who are you channeling? I'm channeling Steve turning the mix way down low and adding a lot of echo. That, that's, who, that's who I'm channeling. When, we, when the subject of vocals came up, uh, it was kind of a draw the short straw situation. We were like, all right, we're either going to not have any vocals whatsoever 
or just, you know, right. Cause there were some parts and songs that, that started to sound a little redundant and they needed another layer. And we're like, well, we can add another guitar part to this song or a drum fill or something, or we could layer some vocals over it. Very subtle. And, and the discussion was always from the beginning that we didn't want it to be a vocally leading outline of a song you know like it, we just wanted to have like it be another layer of the music not necessarily its own thing on top of the music i mean we wrote all these songs without any consideration for vocals you yeah know, like we, they were all written instrumentally you know and the last two bands i was in were both instrumental bands so it was you know i was good i wanted something a little different too well you've got a good voice dude i was I, when i heard it First time I've ever heard that in my life. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that, that really fits. That sounds good. He's in key. It fits the music. It fits yeah. the tone of what they're doing. No, it was good. I thought you did a good job. I wanted to hear more. That's just the auto tune, Steve. It's all of it. <laughs> I did. I did. I did go into it. We, uh, Tom, went over to Steve's place um, to the studio to lay down the vocals, and and I didn't, at least on my end, like I didn't know what it was going to sound like where the vocals were going to go in certain songs. And then the next morning they were just all in our inboxes and gave it a listen. So I kind of went at it completely cold Turkey and it was really rad. Rico was the growls though. Yeah. Rico got some vocal cred. Yeah. I, thought, I thought some of those, those, those growls and, and almost yelling sounded familiar. There's one layer, <laughs> uh, inaudible in Sonder. That's Rico twice. And I, got, so I got a lot going on right now. There might yeah. be. I should have gave my wife the vocal credit because she came in one day when we were recording leads and was just like yelling, "I'm home." Yeah, we should also give Steve's dog some percussion credit. She's walking around the hardwood upstairs. <laughs> Thank you. 
y'all may have already talked about that because I was a little late. No, so, we didn't. But, we we talked shit about you not being on time. Okay, but I wasn't <laughs> as late as Tom was. That's all. That's I fair. Have to say. Uh, Tom I was wins. wondering two questions. Funeral mask. Why did you choose that? It was pre-pandemic. I want to lead with that. Yeah. It was. This is not a a a clout grab. It's not some sort of statement. Some, some it was other options years ago. Were, uh, were crumb dust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rico basically made all the names. I tried a few. I really wanted to go with swamp gas, but it's so hard to get a good URL these days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, we came up with the name Funeral Mask. Uh, yeah, probably a couple months before COVID happened. And now it's just super relevant, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Unfortunately. Is it happy, though? Well, you know, silver lining. Silver lining. I don't know. It fits yeah. for coming out of that. I mean, the name and the music itself, because it it is kind of heavy in some ways. It's not something that I would bang my head to, but it's not something if I if I wanted to listen to Mary Poppins, I wouldn't throw y'all in. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, you but should know. <laughs> th- there's some substance there, and so I think it fits. The other thing was I was looking at the cover art, and that was pretty cool. Did one of y'all do that? Yeah, I did Steve. that. He's the graphic design guy. That is awesome, man. Is is that going to be y'all's logo, or is that just the cover? Dude, that was just the thing that's hanging on my wall at the house. My wife likes. I just took it down and took a picture of it and then like turned it gray. That's pretty it's awesome. Dead, it's a dead cow. Maybe she needs to put something else up on the wall for the next album. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> see what she ends up with. Steve, is there anything that you, you're just not doing? Uh, working. Saving money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you get some free time. You got to take advantage of it. That's true. Oh, man. <laughs> God, it's so nice to catch up with you guys. Yeah, the two of you, me. and nice meeting you and the dude off screen. Yeah, you've got to you got to keep me in the loop. Tom's hiding. Tom, by the way, those glasses fire. Yeah, Tom's a looker. <laughs> yeah, Brent, I listened to you like after the first stacking pennies interview. By the way, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, whatever <laughs> you poor guy, therapy, it was like my oh, first like interview. <laughs> whatever therapy you need. <laughs> You're going to have to find someone else to pay for it because I do not have the money for all the work that's going to be required. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, man. It's good. But he it's was... nice to meet you. It was kind of cool to like put the, the face to the, to the name, you know? It's nice to meet y'all guys too. I'm really, I'm really pumped to see what y'all are doing and hear that y'all are out there kicking it and just going at it. I'm looking forward to see y'all move to the next level, whatever level y'all choose that to be. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. And, and after we get out of, you know, the frozen time of winter and you have more shows coming up, you know, if you want to drop some tickets towards my direction, mm-hmm. of course, I will, I will go. You want to come, you know, like some record labels that are trying to finance a tour or something. You should definitely, you know, yeah, anyone just throwing money around hey, right now. You guys yeah. We're a little cash for right now. Whiskey brands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, what we lack in cash. Ca- what is cash? Yeah. 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 Same at Oktoberfest, the official theater. <laughs> All right, everyone, that was episode 60 of Sound Pollution featuring Funeral Mask. I want to thank them for taking the time to be on the show. Brent, I know you will think you didn't, but you did a good job. Keep it up. No pressure, dude. All right, everybody, this is super important. Please make sure you subscribe to Sound Pollution. All the links are below and that you come back for another great show next week. Remember to be love and make some noise. (laughs) 